everything that I've done has been very uncomfortable. The growth and everything that I've done to get to this point, I've been scared out of my mind. But I truly believe that if it scares the crap out of you, but it makes your heart beat with excitement that you're on the right path. Welcome to the Self Starter Podcast, a place where stories are shared from women, just like you, who left the colorless corporate world with an idea and a passion and ran with it to create the vibrant life they always wanted to live. My name is Megan Tobler, and every week I'll be bringing real women to you to share their entrepreneurial journey in hopes of inspiring you to take the very first step of your own. Sometimes the hardest part is just to start. So come on, start today for you, start today for her, and become a self-starter. Let's go. From a young age, today's guest, Alicia Stumper, was surrounded by jewelry making. Little did she know that one day she would turn a family hobby and all the wonder it brought to her life into her full-time career. As the founder and designer of Wonderment Goods, an acrylic, colorful, and lightweight jewelry company, she shares her decision behind leaving corporate, why she decided to focus on jewelry making, and how she has found balance in her life through the hell yeses versus the hell noes. If you've ever wanted a fresh and colorful new beginning, then this episode is for you. Alicia, I know that you're all about slowing down and really celebrating life's moments and the wonder around us. So before we dive into the show, I just wanted to take a second to slow down and to celebrate you. From what I understand, this is your first podcast, correct? It is. Yes. Here we go. (laughs) Here we go. Well, I just, again, I want to celebrate you. This is a huge moment and for me too. So I'm beyond honored to be your first podcast experience. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. For those people that don't know you, can you just tell us a little bit more about who you are and your company, Wonderment Goods? My name is Alicia, and I'm the founder and maker and all the things, all the hats behind Wonderment Goods. And I make acrylic jewelry that is lightweight and colorful, all designed to kind of help women be more confident and to celebrate every day by wearing the fun pieces. That's amazing. And we were talking about color prior to hopping on and pressing record here. Just every single time I connect with you, you have just such a colorful presence about you and your energy is just so vibrant. Who you are on the outside is also reflected in your jewelry, which is something that I really appreciate. But you and I had a great conversation the other week and you were telling me how you actually got into jewelry making as a child. Tell me a little bit more about the story of your grandpa. Jewelry making always been a little bit a part of my life. My grandfather made jewelry. So he did everything from like mining the stones and the gems to polishing them to doing the metal smithing. So as a kid, I kind of grew up around that and just always watched him. And that's kind of like my tagline is find your wonder. So that's all about like help look for stones and slowing down and really just enjoying all the wonder around us. I really try to like encapsulate that within Wonderment Goods today. So it's always been a hobby, always been in my life. Never did I ever think that it was going to be my full-time job. You know, here I am. I started in advertising, so I was in the corporate side of things. It was just something I enjoyed to do. And I think that's sometimes the best things that just develop aren't really expected. So before we dive into more of Wonderment, let's actually take it a step back a little bit and talk about your time in the corporate advertising space. What did you do? Yeah. So I actually went to college for marketing and advertising and, you know, I was one of the few that actually went into exactly what I studied. I started at BBDO in Atlanta here. Uh, So a big ad agency hopped right into the fast paced advertising industry, which is 
absolutely wild, but I was fortunate enough to work on a large company, a fortune 500 company. I worked on AT&T, Singular and AT&T. I got to work on some amazing projects and campaigns, million dollar TV spots and different things, flying to LA to do shoots and worked on everything from print, TV, radio, out of home and print. It was kind of a dream job, honestly. It was stressful, so stressful, but so, so fun. I honestly really enjoyed my corporate life. I loved the people that I worked with. They're still some of my best friends today. It was a weird transition leaving it. I think it got to the point where once I became a mother, I think it's a very common story, right? Once you become a mom, your priorities shift. So that's exactly what happened to me. So what was it like having to make the decision to leave something that you considered a dream job to be able to pivot into potentially the unknown? Yeah, it got to the point where I was traveling to LA, sometimes taking the red eye back. And then my husband was traveling a lot internationally at the time. So we were just kind of like ships in the night and our kids were at daycare from like literally open to close. I was that mom peeling in five minutes late, like I'm here. It got to this point where my job, where it used to be a place of joy, was no longer a place of joy for me. I couldn't be my best self when I came home. So things needed to change. And I honestly wasn't even planning on starting a business when I left the corporate world. I was like, just going to go. I need to like take time away. I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. You know, that didn't stay that way for too, <laughs> too long. I can't stay idle. <laughs> but I mean, it was scary, but it was a much needed transition. So when you left the corporate world, you actually had no plans to start a business. Of Literally your no plans at all. Okay. So you tried life as a stay-at-home mom and obviously you're a wonderful mom, but it didn't stay to be a stay-at-home mom very long. Yeah. No, I've always been, like I said, I've always been kind of a hobby. I've always been crafty, always making jewelry on the side. So I think at the time I had a silhouette machine and I was like cutting vinyl and literally it just, it snowballed. I actually started sign making of all things. Like I was on the wood sign making train once that was popular. So I was using my silhouette machine to cut stencils from my machine and then transferring them to the wood. But I was like in the garage cutting and staining all the wood and putting the words on the signs. I was like making like nursery signs and different signs for home. And that suddenly became a business. That was the first time that I was like, I'm actually making, you know, I had an Etsy shop. It wasn't an official LLC or anything. It was just Let's open an Etsy shop. And it took over all my days. <laughs> it Which was kind grew. of the, the opposite of what you wanted to do when you took yeah. a step yeah. away from corporate. So then I wasn't spending time with my kids. I was in the garage covered in sawdust. I literally had some orders were like 250 wood signs. And I had to figure out how to streamline that process of stenciling. So I ended up learning and teaching myself how to screen print signs. So it became like a crazy operation. And Honestly, at first it was super empowering because I'm like, yeah, I'm a woman. I'm in the garage. I'm working all these power tools. I'm the one buying wood at Home Depot. And all these old guys are like, hey, are you buying that for your husband? I'm like, no, it's for me. <laughs> so there was something that was empowering about that, but it quickly grew more than I ever thought it would. And I reached a low, low point of burnout with it all. So then what happened next? So I was making a good amount of money with it, which is always self-motivating, right? That's what everyone wants, make some money. And it didn't feel true to me. And although it felt exciting and fresh and fun in the beginning, it quickly lost its luster because it wasn't aligned with, I think, what I was supposed to be doing or what was true to myself. 
so yeah, I made the decision then to totally just, because I was still making jewelry on the side throughout all this. It's like I was doing a little bit of everything. I had no niche. I was just kind of like throwing spaghetti at the wall, which is not a good strategy. <laughs> and I don't think everyone should niche down either, but we can get back to that point. But really, I abandoned all my wood sign customers and I made the decision to just totally focus on jewelry. And that was a scary move because I literally lost all of my customers because they weren't looking for jewelry at the time they were looking for wood signs and it was a totally different target. So, yeah. But it's really interesting because you walked away from two great sources of income, the corporate space, and then you left the wood making sign. And when you had built up this client base, knowing that you would probably have a different clientele if you switched gears and sold something else. So that takes a lot of guts to be able to do that. So what kind of gave you the courage to recognize that this wasn't in alignment and to just completely let it go and really not look back. So community is super important. And throughout this, you know, I started to really dive into different creative groups and find like a group of creative women to share ideas with and really bounce ideas back and forth. And that's one thing that I was really, really missing from the corporate world. I was missing my community of people that I was surrounded with every single day. So running your own business can be super isolating. And I knew I needed to have that group of people. So I started with a group called the Society for Creative Founders. And honestly, there and like with the support of others, I learned to really embrace the notion behind if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. And just to really say no to things that didn't feel true to me and aligned to what I thought, you know, that I really wanted to do, uh, what was really like igniting the spark within me. So if it wasn't igniting that spark within me and that passion, then it was a hell no. And it was super hard to do that at first. So hard, but I just got really good at saying no to things that didn't align with my goals. Talk about empowerment. You had mentioned when you were going to the Home Depot, grab wood, you're talking about how it was such an empowering moment, but I would actually argue that being able to say no is even more empowering than that because you are honoring yourself and you're creating those boundaries and mm -hmm. I think as women, especially, we want to be able to say yes to everything. We want to people please. We want to do it all, but we can't do it all. And that's really what drives the unhappiness and the burnout. And being able to say no is really powerful. So the fact that you were able to find this group and to learn that relatively early on in your career is so valuable. Yeah, that's how I was able to find balance again with my family. And by saying no, I was opening up opportunities to do other things in my personal life and more. I had abandoned friends. There's so many things that I gave up in that time of burnout and just spiraling into my business that I just wasn't willing to sacrifice all of that anymore. It was a necessity. So what did you start saying hell yes to? All of the things that light me up. So making jewelry, honestly, it feels like a meditation to me. Like it's very calming to me. Every time I'm making jewelry, like that's one side of the process I have never outsourced yet. People are like, you still make everything that you, you sell. I'm like, I do because it's honestly calming to me. I do it at nighttime and I just get in the groove of assembling things. So the certain things that I outsource are the things that don't light me up and the things that I keep are the ones that I still enjoy. Right. I think people complicate that sometimes too much. And sometimes if we just look to say, like, if it doesn't fill you up, that's a good thing to outsource. Or if you're not very good at it, that's a good thing to get it off your plate. I think people get overwhelmed with running a business and knowing which things to delegate and which things to keep. But that's a good way to evaluate that. Yeah. Have a little pulse check on really how it makes you feel. 
But let's dive into wonderment. So you obviously found this community group and you were always dabbling a little bit into jewelry making on the side. When did you decide that you really wanted to make this your main focus and go all in? I honestly prayed about it a lot and what was going to be right. I lost a lot of my income at first. And thankfully we were in a position, my husband's job that I was able to have the freedom to dabble a little bit and we would be okay. Right. I didn't have the pressure of, we absolutely need my income. Um, So I will say that helped a ton, but yeah, it gave me the time to really just do some just heart work with it and figure out what was going to be right. Wonder Mint, the whole name of the company alone, like wonder is all about, like I said, with my grandfather, finding wonder, uh, looking for wonder all around you, slowing down to enjoy and celebrate life. And mint was really kind of like a fresh beginning. And it really excited me to just bring a new line of jewelry. My jewelry, I feel like has a very different look because it's all acrylic. It's super lightweight. It's fun. It's not exactly like everything you see in the market. So I was bringing something new. I have my laser right there in the background. There it is. But I literally design everything from start to finish from like hand designing pieces to creating the files, vectorizing them cutting them out on the laser and then assembling all the pieces. It's like a front to end process. All me. (laughs) Wow. You're a one woman band doing all of that. Pretty much. I mean, I have people now that I bring in like for busy times and people help me at festivals and markets and things like that. But yeah, all intents and purposes, it's me. (laughs) That's absolutely incredible. And you know, the basis of self-starter is really just getting started. And you made the decision to be able to go all in and take that first step. What was the first step that you took when you decided that you were going to go all in on this jewelry making business? Because it does sound that there are a lot of logistics involved. I think you can get super overwhelmed. Like, okay, I'm starting a company. I think you just have to break it down into baby steps. For me, it was just like one thing after the next, creating goals and then assigning those goals to actions. So you start with the company name and then you start the LLC and then you do all the start the bank account, do all the things to get you legit first. (laughs) And then literally just week by week, you do some like either Friday or Sunday planning, whatever works for you. And then you plan that week ahead. And what do you really need to do? Uh, What are the steps that you can take? And honestly, it's just baby steps, one foot in front of the other. None of my growth has been overnight or fast success at all. It's been very organic, like slow growth, (laughs) but it's the right speed for me. So I've gotten to a point now where I've left my corporate job five years ago, and I'm just now starting to make up my corporate income. So it took, it took time. It took a lot of time. But it's not going to be long until you exceed your corporate income. This year projections are almost double. So, I mean, it's like, it's quickly becoming more than that. Leaving the wood signs was hard because I'm like, oh, I'm giving up this money. And, but now my potential for income is so much higher doing what I love and doing what I'm meant to do. When it goes back to that alignment piece that you were talking about before, when you were in the corporate world and also making the wood signs, it really wasn't alignment with who you truly were inside. It really wasn't sparking that joy. And now that you are able to tap into what is in alignment with you, you are absolutely crushing it. Thank you. (laughs) Absolutely. So obviously you've done an incredible job at being able to grow this, but you mentioned it was slow growth. And I think that as people that are leaving the corporate world, sometimes we want it immediately. Our patience is sometimes not there. We want the immediate success, but sometimes I think slow growth is better because it allows you to be able to test 
and evolve to be able to mm-hmm. see what's working. So now what does wonderment really look like today versus what it looked like when you first started? Oh, so different. I mean, I just went through a major rebrand, which it just got me so much more succinct and clear with where I want to be and what I want to communicate. So having that slow growth has really allowed me to like get all my ducks in a row and really know who I am, who I'm serving, why I'm doing what I'm doing, and really where I want Wonderment Goods to go in the coming years. I just started wholesale last year and again, slow growth, but great growth. I'm in just over 30 stores across the country. So that's growing at a steady rate, but like I said, a steady, but good rate for me. I'm not, I'm still able to serve all my customers in the best way. It's all been good growth. I think this is the year that I do have to hire some people physically to to be with me, which I'm excited about because that's the one thing I miss about the corporate side is I just want someone to like be in the office with me all the time to have fun with and bounce ideas off. You said something really interesting today. You're doing wholesale, but in our previous conversations, you started out with just making jewelry for your friends and your family. How has that evolution evolved? And like, how are you getting yourself into so many stores across the country? Just honestly pitching myself and just reaching out. They don't know about me. If I don't tell them about me, that took a lot of gut and grit too. And it goes back to alignment, right? If you are aligned and passionate about what you're doing, you're going to have the grit to push through the hard times. You want it so bad. So there's enough, and I know what my goals are, and I know that I want to achieve those goals so badly that I get so many no's all the time, right? Like you're going to get no's, you're going to get pushed aside. You're not going to have instant success. And if you don't have the alignment and the grit and heart behind it, you're going to quit. You're not going to have like the power to push through. So that was the biggest thing is honestly, it's just putting yourself out there time and time again and being relentless with it. I completely agree. My background, I come from the corporate sales background and I have been told no more times than I can count. And you know what? I'm okay with that because it has allowed me to be really resilient. And now I'm very comfortable with the no's because I know that it's almost like a math equation. There's so many no's, but ultimately you're going to get that yes. And that yes, just feels so good. But to your point, if you're in alignment, that's really what's going to keep you going. If the passion is there, you're going to be able to accept the no's and realize that, you know what, the yes is coming. I just have to send out one more email. I have to make one more phone call in order to get that yes. And obviously you've had lots of yeses because you're in 30 stores across the country and about to replace your corporate income this year. So they're getting lots of yeses out there. Outside of the wholesale business, People can also purchase this jewelry individually. And you also have different types of programs, like you have a subscription program. So how are you attracting these individual clients? So my subscription program, it's a quarterly box. So it's every three months, you'll get a box and there's two tiers, either three pieces of jewelry or five pieces of jewelry. And within each box, I feature another small business too. So for each quarter, I'm including like a gift from that other small business to feature someone else within the box. And it's been like such a fun way to collaborate with someone else and also like help grow their business. I'm passionate about raising other women up to in business and helping share their story as well. So this is a great avenue to do that and share products that align with my customers as well within my box. My subscribers primarily are people that are already like in my network. So I'm not getting someone off the street who has no idea who Wonderman Goods is and they're subscribing to my box. No, most of the people that subscribe to my box are the people like my top customers, my top fans. Those are the ones that um, subscribe. 
How do you get the clients in the first place? Most of my clients are local to Atlanta. So I do some bigger festivals. I'm very like selective of the ones that I do. And then word of mouth is really big for me. I have someone that loves my products and then shares it with a friend. That's my main way of growth. Everyone will say, oh, so-and-so, a friend of a friend of a friend told me about you. And I've gained a following that is passionate about my jewelry as well. And maybe not just my jewelry, me in particular, I think growing a brand, your product is great. That's a good thing to start with, but people buy from people. They need to know you, know your brand, like, no, trust you. And I try my best with Wonderment Goods to be as transparent as possible. Show my face. You see my personality. You know, I'm passionate about it. This is me. This is my heart. This is what I'm putting out in the world. I think that really pours through to my customers and it helps them share my brand beyond as well. It's really just about relationship building and just keeping that intact. Well, and I think word of mouth is like the ultimate flattery for your business because it is proof that they really have connected with you, that they see the value in your product and just your mission. Obviously they're seeing the wonder in your jewelry as well. And really what this has created for their lives and they're sharing it. And that's not only the biggest form of flattery, but that's also the cheapest form of advertisement as well is when people are wearing this proudly and talking about it. And I also like that you said in the subscription box that you're highlighting another business within that. It's going up again, back to empowerment that you were talking about earlier. You're empowering other women business owners. And I truly believe that what you put out there and what you give, you'll also receive as well. So I really like that that's a part of your strategy. It's women supporting women. And I think we need more of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Community over competition all day long. I think there's, I truly believe that there's space for everyone. Jewelry is a saturated market, but I really think that with the right strategy and showing your heart, who you are and, you know, having your goals in the right place that there's a spot for everybody. I agree. And you said it's a saturated market and sure there's a lot of different places where you can buy jewelry, lots of products, but there's only one you, there's only one wonderment. And you started this episode talking about how your jewelry is unique. No one else is Alicia. No one else is sitting in Atlanta, making the jewelry handmade and putting all this love and TLC into this. So I think, again, kind of going back to what you were saying about you put your face into this, you show your love, you show your passion behind it. People are buying not only because they like your product, but they like you. And I think that sometimes that hold people back is they think that it's a very saturated market. It's already been done before, but you haven't done it before. And you are bringing something that's unique to the market. I think that's true for everybody in any business, you know, think about candles. How many people make candles? There's so many products I could mention. And, you know, I know plenty of people that have mega successful companies and jobs, you know, doing something that a lot of other people do. And it's all about the way that they approach it and the way that they run their business. Completely agree. And you obviously have run a very well-oiled machine here as a solopreneur, but you're about to potentially hire some more help as you expand, which is absolutely incredible and exciting. What does the future for Wonderment look like for you? I would love to, one, get out of my house right now, still in the house. So that's the first step. I'd love to get an external studio space and, you know, hire a small team and really just grow Wonderment Goods. I'm not looking to be like the next Kendra Scott or anything, but I would love to be a million dollar business and run a pretty well-oiled machine, have an external space, have a team, but shorter hours. Like I, I would love to just, you know, run a business that I can control, delegate when I need to and 
and that still have the flexibility and balance that I set out to have in the first place. That's that the dream, awesome. right? That's, <laughs> that's the dream. That is the dream. That is the true dream job that you were talking about before. It's really having the flexibility to live life on your terms. At least that's my dream. Live it for myself here. You have had so much experience in just a relatively short amount of time within these five years since leaving the corporate world. What kind of advice would you give for someone that's just starting out in their entrepreneurial journey? I know I'm sure you've talked about another podcast too, but it's just, just start. I know you're all about this too. Just start, like take imperfect action. Um, you might not feel qualified at first, but I guarantee you, your passion qualifies you alone. So I would say like everything that I've done has been very uncomfortable. The growth and everything that I've done to get to this point, I've been, you know, scared out of my mind, <laughs> like, but I truly believe that if like, it scares the crap out of you but it makes your heart beat with excitement that you're on the right path. I feel like that's kind of like always like my test for whether I'm aligned or not is like, am I still scared of my goals? Yes. Yes, I am. Then I'm probably in the right place. So things should be scary, but I think taking imperfect action, finding your community, that is key. Find someone, a group that you can connect with that will hold you accountable. You can help pour into them and they'll pour right back into you. And then, yeah, just outline those small little steps that you can take every single week, like plan, plan your action steps for each week, and then just make it happen. Just make know. it happen. Easy. Just easy, right? Just, just make it happen. No big deal. <laughs> but you know what? I think going back to what you were saying earlier, it's time to start saying hell yes to what lights you up and some things that also instill a little bit of fear inside of you, because that's when you know you have something. Let's get rid of the hell no for yourself other than things that you don't want to obviously continue with and start saying hell yes to yourself. I knew um, it was wrong back in the wood sign days when I got a sale, you know, it makes that cha-ching sound. And I would have this like this sense of dread inside of me every time I heard that sound. And I was like, okay, that is the sound that should make me jump up and dance because I get to fulfill an order, not the one that makes me cringe inside. It should always make you super happy. Absolutely. Just listen to how you feel. Pay attention. Yep. Absolutely. Yep, for sure. Well, goodness, this has been such an empowering conversation about alignment, just getting started and really what hard work and passion can do when you just take the first step. So Alicia, if someone wants to be able to learn a little bit more about your jewelry and make a purchase, where could they go ahead and find you? They can head to wondermintgoods.com, uh, wonder, M-I-N-T wondermintgoods.com. And I'm also on Instagram at wondermint.goods. Wonderful. Well, I have found such wonder in this conversation and it has been very minty too, because I'm <laughs> freshness. So thank you so much for, for taking the time to sharing your story. Thank you so much, Megan. I'm so happy to be here. Alicia's company name Wondermint is the perfect reminder for us aspiring entrepreneurs. It's all about new, fresh beginnings and allowing yourself to slow down and enjoy all that is around you. Oh, and you can do all of that while keeping things fun and colorful too. Now, speaking of slowing down, Alicia also reminded us that it's okay to have slow growth. It's all about breaking everything down into baby steps and taking it one step at a time, just like she did. And when your business does grow to a point where it's time to outsource, make sure you evaluate what it is that's a hell yes and you let go of the hell no. So let me ask you, self-starter, what's your hell yes? Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Self-Starter Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to like and subscribe to stay up to date on the latest content. Want even more? Be sure to head to selfstarter.com. And remember, start today for you, start today for her, and become a self-starter. See you next time.